Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. I can make a living from walking in the woods. You can Good morning, Radio Land. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good morning, Professor Trout. Good morning, Tony Sanders. How are you this great morning? Trout Professor. I'll answer to you anything this morning. You look like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> I'm going for the I'm going for the Jeremiah Johnson look. You know what? I'm sitting here looking on Facebook Live, and thanks for all the people already tuning in. Uh, we're old scruffy looking group. Yes, um, my wife has been kind enough to point out uh, how gray my beard is getting, and in fact, uh, she warned some of her colleagues at the office. And when I walked into a uh, division meeting, one of the ladies said, "Oh, I like that. Wow, that's gray." She didn't get out. I like the beard. It was just, oh, I like the, oh, that's gray. And I said, uh, yeah. Are you starting to feel old? Yeah, I've got a plan. And I'm stealing this from our producer. He had a great idea. Uh, he, he had a great idea. I'm going to wait till, my birthday is in May, just like yours is. Okay. I'm going to pr- try and wait till April and then shave the beard right before my birthday. Yep. And then everybody will say, my gosh, you look so young. That'll work. Good I'm th- plan. So I thought I'd work, but hey. We'll see. We'll see. Man, a whole lot happening in the world of outdoors. Yep. Jeez. I'm headed to Memphis. Oh, uh-huh. oh. we're going to Graceland, too. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there for five years, spent four years, 11 months trying to figure out how I was going to get out of that town, but that's another story. No, we are headed to the uh, uh, Tennessee um, Commission meeting, mm-hmm. TWRE Commission meeting, and it's in Memphis this month. So uh, my wife has never been to Memphis, believe it or not. Really? So we're going to Memphis. She's going to go. We're going to do the Memphis thing. I know we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier, um, and you said, what do I need to do? And the first thing I said, Memphis is known for several things, and one of the good things Memphis is known for, Memphis is the hub of Memphis-style barbecue, and I named off about five or six places for barbecue. You said, what do I need to do? I said, you need to go to the Rendezvous, you need to go to the original Corky's, you need to go to Neely's, you need to go to, and, and you said, Rob, Rob, I don't like barbecue. <laughs> You're out of luck. You are in the barbecue capital of Tennessee. Yeah, I'm just I'm just letting you know. I understand. I'm just letting you know. Well, we're we're definitely uh, we're go- we're going to be doing some barbecue. I don't know if we're going to go to which one we're going to go to. We're going to go downtown and and walk around Bill Street and all that. Okay. Need uh, to go to S- Sun Records, where Elvis made his first uh, recording. That's yeah. right across the street from uh, the University of Memphis. Medical Center, real easy, easy yeah. parking. You need to go to Sun Records. Um, you also need to go to the Pyramid, and you need to go to 
Graceland. You, th- these are have tos when you. you uh, I, well, we're already going to Graceland. You gotta go to the Peabody. Going to go to the Peabody. Okay. We're gonna do that Friday. I will not be here next week on the air. You've got guests coming in, right? Correct. And uh, so it, it'll be fun. I don't know if I'm going to get up and, and, and Skype in uh, to the show. I don't see a reason to. Okay. So I probably won't. But So, yeah, I'm excited. But uh, got a lot of things on the uh, agenda down there, especially since I'm going to uh, ground zero for CWD. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have... Uh, a lot of discussions about CWD. Unfortunately, I think CWD is going to, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Dominate, Dominate. the discussions for a while. Uh, and interest, I posted an article there from uh, that uh, talked about CWD. And uh, one of our, our, our loyal listeners, uh, Sonny, read the article and and basically said, you know, I, I, he goes, what I'm hoping is we don't try to overreact. And I don't think we're going to. We know that several places where they tried to eradicate uh, CWD didn't work. No, because if I'm not mistaken, you said the prine can live in the ground for years and yep. years. So even if you kill off a deer herd, yep. if you reintroduce them, it's, it's there already. So I, I don't think anybody is, we're looking to control as best as possible. We're looking to live with as best possible. Eradicate is not something that's ever actually been discussed. I think, and, it, and there's a lot of people, you know, and we're going we're gonna to get into this a little bit later. There's a lot of people, er, I'm sorry, everybody out there is smarter than, than, than everybody else. Of course. On, on Facebook and the Internet or the uh as as our buddy Carter says, the book of face and the interweb. Yep. Uh, everybody is smarter than people that know what the heck they're doing. You mean like biologists who actually have a degree? Yeah. In in, in biology. Well, I, I mean, I get tickled in watching people pick apart the decisions to make the commission, and and I want to say, do you not think that maybe we have access to some really smart people mm-hmm. that are advising us? Maybe, maybe. But anyway, all that to be said is uh, it's it's kind of interesting watching everybody's reaction to CWD or to anything. In this special hunt that we're doing, um, we said from the beginning, we're doing this because we want to get more samples. We've got to get more information. Now that we have hotspots, we've got to figure out what's going on. You need data points and data collection. Yes. But no, everybody's saying, oh, no, they're trying to eradicate the deer. No, we're not. Have you seen any deer in those three counties? Uh, is the Hardeman uh, is the single largest uh, producer of meat for Hunters for the Hungry. Think about that. Uh-huh. Well, you're not to get totally into the harvest report, but the top five counties in Tennessee are Giles, Henry, Fayette, Montgomery, Hardeman. So Fayette and Hardeman is two of the counties, right? Exactly. And third is McNary. Right. Yeah. So there's plenty there were plenty of deer there before. There's gonna be plenty of deer yep. there later. Yep. TWA is mitigating the circumstance. It and I'm sorry with it going into Missouri 
then you know Arkansas and all these. It was Mississippi, and it was just a matter of time. TWA I, again, I will give them props. They were on the front end of this. They had a plan in place well before it got here. They mm-hmm. are mitigating, not decimating. They're mitigating the problem. Right. And now uh, we've also got a story in here. Alabama has put on restrictions. They're trying to do what we did, which is a smart move. But I got news for Alabama. It's going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and there's a good. There was a good town hall meeting, and I watched part of it. Uh, I don't know. It's got. It's probably out on the web somewhere. On the we have a CWD page at TWRA. Um, there's probably it's probably there. But they did a town hall meeting out in the uh, the zone, the CWD zone, uh, and uh, I watched part of it. And it was it was what I saw was very good. But one of uh, our fellow commissioners, or uh, several commissioners actually, but one sent an email out that they did a, a really good job in trying to explain what was going on. And, you know, not to make slight or light of this in any way, form, or fashion, but it's been around since the 60s. It's mm-hmm. been out west. It's migrated. They've, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, all those western states have dealt with this for years and years and years. It's not the end of the world. It's a problem. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm, I'm not trying to make this any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not trying to make it any smaller than it is. It is a big problem. But it's not the end of the world. And I got news for you. Alabama, you're next. Probably Georgia. Florida and South Carolina, you're probably primed to get it sooner or later. And if it doesn't make it into North Carolina from us, it's going to come down from Pennsylvania, go through Maryland. It's already up there. So I got news for you. It's coming. Get a plan together and deal with it. Yep. So. Absolutely. But but what do I know? I'm not a biologist. Have you stayed in the Holiday Inn Express? Once. That's where I'm staying next week. So oh, Okay. So it makes me an expert. <laughs> I like that. We are going to the uh, Ducks Unlimited uh, headquarters, which that's where we're going to be having our meetings. So that'll be kind of interesting. Looking forward to that. It's a really cool facility. It is really cool. Is well, it? well, it was t- 12 years ago when I was there. So it's probably still cool, just maybe a little older. Uh, no, they probably added since I've, since I've been there. So <laughs> I would think they've added, but, uh, the, 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 uh, when I was there, used to put on this great, great festival every year. And, uh, mm-hmm. it was out at Shelby farms, huge outdoor festival. And they brought in, uh, if you wanted to try out any ATV, they had five or six ATV dealers out there. You could, you could watch dog trials. You could, uh, they had every, shotgun manufacturer in the world there they had outfitters uh i was there tying fishing flies and uh there were several other groups out there and that's where i got to see um i think his name was tom knapp Mm -hmm. who was the world champion and broke um i'll remember the guy's name a little bit later he took eight uh clay pigeons threw them up in the air and with a pump shotgun hit every one individually not hitting breaking two he threw eight up and shot eight before they hit the ground and it was absolutely amazing um he was a professional shooter he was a he was a show shooter and he would throw up a golf ball and he'd say you want a hook and he'd hit the golf ball and make it go to the right he said you want a slice he'd hit it and make it go to the left he goes how far of a drive do you want he'd shoot and that golf ball would just go off into the horizon. I mean, it was amazing. 
He was a great shot, and I got to see him there. So You didn't think about that. We were there at the same time. Same event. Was there a short little brown-haired guy tying fishing flies? You didn't stop by the booth, did you? No. Okay. Uh, but see, I mean, see how the, the small the world is? Yeah, true. It has nothing to do with anything. But anyway, yeah, no, we were at the same event. I worked it several years in a row and yeah. always had fun doing that. I went, I went several years in a row. <laughs> I drove down there. My waiters, which I still use to these days, came from there. Really? Yeah, they had a, um, a, um, a big tent. That they oh, were. yeah, right in the middle. Yeah. 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 And uh, I bought some uh, lacrosse waiters there. I still use them to this day. Funny story about that. There was a guy who was a big duck hunter, and he came by and was looking. He, he was looking at my – I was tying – I forget what I was tying up. He looks at me and goes, is that mallard? I said, yes, sir. He goes, you need some? I said, I, I, said, I wouldn't turn any down. Ha- maybe half an hour later, I didn't think anything about it. Half an hour later, he comes back with two whole duck hides. I mean, two whole ducks. He said, you got a cooler? I said, I'll find one. And I took them home, salted them, and dried them, and – used them and 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 it was a nice guy i don't know i still don't i think the guy's name was jim i think but just a nice guy I said hey i got some you want some duck i'm like sure why not you know everybody always offers me feathers and he's a real nice guy about it so you're so, gonna enjoy you're gonna have fun in memphis and i know kind is gonna have fun in memphis too so so why did they quit doing that i don't know uh you might ask du when you go talk to him because there used to be several. They had one in Memphis. Right. They had one in Pennsylvania, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they had one somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say it was Kansas City or St. Louis, one of the two, I think. I so. thought it was in Indiana, but it doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's irrelevant. But but they had, they call them great outdoors things. Right. Well, maybe, I'll tell you why I think maybe it, it maybe the interest is lacking. There's not... We got a story about this. We can talk about it later too. And if y'all want to call in and talk about it too, uh, people just aren't getting out anymore. Kind of scary. Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll see. Well, we've just kind of teed up a bunch of different things. Oh yeah. Well, we got we got a lot more to talk about too. We got some. We got uh, just to let you know we got idiots outdoors, and we've yep. got uh, poaching pinheads. Yeah. So. Cool. I think we need to go pay a bill and come back and get right into the show. What do you think? Okay. We can come back and do the Ranger Dodd Harvest Report, which will be probably one of the last ones for the year. Sorry, Ranger Dodd, because deer season's about over, except for a few counties. Well, it's youth, youth weekend. Right. So they'll add to it. Hopefully. They will. All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be part of the show. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, 
camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. I feel no shame. I'm proud of where I came from. I was born and raised in the boondocks. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you on this Saturday morning in early January. Wrapping up deer season in Tennessee. The Utes are out this weekend. The adults are done except for the three counties over in the western part of the state. Uh, Fayette, Hardeman, and McNary. And they are uh, fair game. Go out there and, and get you some deer. Just remember, mandatory check-in. Uh, not online. You've got to actually take the deer physically. Just like the old days. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. The Ranger Dodd Harvest Report. This week, uh, 143,541 deer have been taken up to this point. Last year, 143,640, a difference of 99. We are off 99 deer from last year. That's all? That's all. Hamilton County, 1,691 this week. Last year, 1759, difference of 68. 832 and 820 for Bledsoe County, they're up 12. Bradley County, 874, off 22. Grundy County, 821, up 5. 1571 for Marion County, up 112. McMinn County, 1431, off 110. Meigs County, 1056, off 45. Monroe, 807, up 32. Polk County, 244, off 38. Ray County, 1,470, off 81. Or, I'm sorry, up 81, up 81. Ready to go, Ray. Sequatchie County, 557, off 5 from last year. Your top five counties are Giles, Henry, Fayette, Montgomery, Hardeman, Hamilton County, slipping to number 32, three down from last week. Your bottom five counties, these are places where you don't want to be deer hunting. In order, from best to worst, Unicoi, Pickett, Hamblin, Polk, and Lake County. Lake County has taken 94 deer so far this year. They have not broken 100, nor do they normally break 100. There you go. That would be the harvest report. Does Ranger Dodd listen to us the rest of the year when we don't give the harvest report? I don't know. Maybe we need to do a fishing report. X number of pounds were taken. I don't know where I could find that data, but X number of pounds were taken, X number of pounds were caught and released because, you know, I, I catch and release at least, you know, 12, 13 pounds of bass a day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Last Saturday. And here it comes. Rob and I went to Lake Junior. Begr- I have uh, Begrudgingly. Photographic proof that we went to Lake Junior. Mm-hmm. 
I caught a fish. Big seven-pound bass. <laughs> Big seven-pounder. Um, it was lucky if it was seven inches. Or seven ounces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and what what's cracked me up is a number of people actually thought it was a big fish. I mean, come on. Sh- surely you realized I was holding it at the camera. Yeah, I, I, I thought I did pretty well in fo- on that particular photograph of, of getting the fish framed and you framed and everything in focus to where it looked a heck of a lot larger than it was. <laughs> but if somebody looked at your thumbnail and looked at which the I, size uh, of the fish's mouth. Yeah, which the, my, my nail was about the size of the fish. Yeah, so. Um. <laughs> there were a lot of comments on Facebook. One of my favorite was, really, seven pounds? Really? <laughs> Well, I may have exaggerated. For the record, the non-fisherman caught the fish. True. Uh, it was tough fishing. Yeah, uh, it was. I think we saw one guy with a limit, and everybody else was just drowning bait. Yeah, it was. Man, it was tough. The water was up. Uh, <laughs> I thought there was a. And I don't know if you want to admit to it, too, but I'll admit to it. I thought there was a guy out there on a boat. It turns out it was one of the park benches. Yeah, he was sitting on a picnic table. Picnic table thing. And it uh, was underwater. There was, a, there was a guy and his girlfriend or something, and I, say, I assume a girlfriend. He, she was kind of young. They were both young. They, they had waiters and everything. They just walked out and sat down on the uh, picnic table out in the water. Good spot. Uh, it was. I would, I would have gone over there if I'd uh, thought about it. Well, I don't know. We could have gotten out there and stayed dry, but... Um... Got in some got in some fly casting. Helped uh, two nice ladies with their cast. You did. You were awful nice. I guess it was your way of not fishing. Well, I noticed one lady kind of struggling very badly with her cast, and I tried to offered to help her straighten it out a little bit. And, and she got a couple of good casts in. And there was another nice lady out there, and her back cast kept ticking on the grass behind her, which was messing up the forward cast, obviously. So I kind of offered some helpful hints on how to keep your fly line airborne so yep there's your seven pound bath although you gotta admit i did frame that well. you did it's, it's framed good there's no doubt there, what, uh, what were the comments on that one? Oh uh, gosh <laughs> there were a few um it was pretty funny mm-hmm. place looks empty well there was about 25 people there yeah um why did they close the lake, which is we've talked about several times? Yeah. The big one. Rob went to Lake Junior? Yeah, that was one of the comments. <laughs> nice fish. Rob, are you sure you didn't catch that seven-pounder and hand it to Tony? That's from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> this You can't hold that one close enough to the camera to make it seven. Yeah, that's what I liked. <laughs> so. That yeah. One, yeah, that 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 one was funny, but. So now, here's here's the real question. Mm-hmm. Are you still adamantly opposed to the um, urban stocking program? Because uh, there were a lot of youths out there. There were there were a lot of kids out there, and it was great to see the kids getting out. I looked over. I provided uh, the entire TWA stocking uh, schedule is online. The next stocking of Lake Junior will be Wednesday, the 6th of February. Um, also, Trout Unlimited is going to be out there. They're having uh, a big recruiting event, and they're going to be doing a lot of stuff with the youth. And anybody who wants to come out, 
We may have some drinks available. But TU, uh, your local TU chapter is going to be out there for out and about with the trout. We're going to be out at Lake Junior. Out and about with the trout. That was the name I came up with, out and about with the trout. We're going to be out there, set up a tent, and stop by and see us, say, hey, uh, we may have a few giveaways for kids. We're still working on the details on that. Uh, the committee. You better work quick. Well, we're working on it quick. But seeing the kids out there, yeah, I enjoyed seeing the kids. I enjoyed seeing people out there fishing. I will say that. However, um, I just w- I wish this resource was available. If if they're, I understand the the cold water. I mean, I got the biology behind trout. Trust me, I got it. But I would love to see them open that lake up for handicapped individuals and or kids, and make it a little bit more accessible with maybe some ramps. It would be a great. Great place like Indian Boundary Lake, or uh, not Indian Boundary. I'm drawing a blank on the name. The the lake up at Teleco where uh, Green Cove Pond. Green Cove Pond. Yep. I would love to see that happen here, but that's, well, there's then, a lot that has to go into that. Well, and the problem is, is that's not a TWRA lake. No, I, yeah, I got um, that too. It's a TVA lake, and they have no interest in opening it up. I don't believe. No, I'd, I'd love to than, see it. other than what they do now, which we appreciate. Yep, but. So, uh, they're stocking in cement ponds uh, out in Memphis. If you want to go, they did two stockings out in Germantown and one in Bartlett. Um, so, while you're in Memphis, if you want to trout fish in a couple of s- literally cement ponds out there that are knee-deep, you can go do that. Are they really? Mm-hmm. There's a park out in Memphis that I know, I've been a part, I've seen the stocking out there. It's it's about maybe 24, 36 inches deep. That'd probably make fishing a little bit easier, wouldn't it? Maybe. Now, that is, to me, is different than, because that, how big is the pond? Maybe about half to a third of the size of Lake Junior. Maybe half size. So you still got to catch them. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, li- it's not like, you know, but it's not real bad but there's a big fountain in the middle it's got cement concrete walls all the way around and a little blocks you can stand on and it kind of like over at uh can you walk out into the pond is that what you're saying you could theoretically if you had a scene net you could clean up which would be illegal don't do that don't do it but um it's similar to the pond out at uh camp jordan okay except that's not a cement pond is it no but it's got that whole you know well-defined corners and <laughs> ponds don't normally make 90 degree angles i don't think that one does either does it yeah i think it does over in the corner i mean i think it literally makes a 90 degree angle in the corner okay but but i do think it's good for people to get out these trout are not hurting your resource your your freshwater real water open water resource the big ones are putting in there are are finished breeding. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good thing. Mm. I'm I'm warming to the idea, but I'm still not sold. I still think that a lot of these trout could go into other fisheries. I'd love to see them stock um, maybe a few more in the you know tailwater streams. 
but I know the biologists have done the stream surveys, and they probably say this is the carrying capacity, and I may be asking for more, so I'm going to yield to the biologist because they know more than I do. Okay. So. There you go. And if you're wondering, uh, the daily krill limit on trout is seven, and yes, you have to have a trout stamp to fish for them. Yes. And a license. And a license. Because this is TWRA money being put back into the water. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have a license and a trout stamp. And fisherman education card. Or or a sportsman's license or a lifetime license. Correct. Which covers your trout stamp. Or be under the age of needing a license. And, yeah. Whatever that is. 13? I think it's 13. All right. We did have fun, though. No, we did. We did. It was fun. Get a chance to talk to people, and uh, and you did try to help some people. One person accepted your help, and one person accepted your help, and then com- continued to do exactly what they did before, <laughs> which was... I tried. What, wait, what, what, is it, what is it you do? Whip it? What? Yeah, yeah definitely. There was a, a whip, and uh, rather than making a nice stiff cast with a hard stop it was kind of a arc it was just a flailing (laughs) arc i i assume she was wanting to whip the water into a froth right under her right in front of her and then when the fish came to hide under the foam she would just net them i don't know if that works or not but that's apparently what she was trying to do okay (laughs) that part worked although you saw i could get out there with you asked how far i could cast out with a fly rod i was getting I was getting pretty far out. You there. were, you were, which is what amazed me about you trying to help the the nice lady. Is she's casting like twelve feet, and you're if casting. That. I know. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, and you're casting many feet, many feet, well past where she's casting, and then she goes back to doing what she's doing. I'm like, um, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody shows you how to do something and it works. I don't right. know. Maybe right. maybe try that, or maybe listen to them. They might know what they're talking about. Heck, that was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, it's time to go pay a bill, and we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, four two three two six seven one zero two three, to be part of the show. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means, grilling and barbecues. You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 648 Hicks and Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roasts, or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook. Wow. 
welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging out with you this Saturday morning. Do you have any blue suede shoes that you could wear to Memphis in honor of the king? I don't have any. I know your mom was a fa- your mom was a big fan of Elvis. She was. She was. Um, matter of fact, I was talking to. Uh, I have family there in in Germantown where we're going to be, and I was uh, talking to uh, her last night, and I said that you know, kind of wants to go to Graceland, so we're going to we're trying to figure out when to go, and I think we're going to go like Thursday morning before the commission meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, "Well, you know, she lives there." She said, "Well, I'll be honest with you, I never went." I've never been to Graceland until your mom and your dad came down <laughs> uh, and, and they wanted to go. So I went with them. That's the first time she'd ever been there. So I, I did. I'm not an Elvis fan, nor have I ever been one, but I, when I lived in Memphis, it's something you, it, it's like required. But now I have to, I have to admit, and then we'll get to the, back to some outdoors. I was flipping through the other day. I was on a conference call, so I was not listening and, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, at least you're honest <laughs> and and surfing the web and um there was a a lit, an article uh, that was written of the top tourist traps in each state all 50 states you know what to do what not to do what was Tennessee's Graceland really <laughs> yeah they said it was uh overpriced cheesy and well the only problem I had with it was when I first moved there, and I know we'll get back into it here in just a second, but every we called it Dead Elvis Week because it was a week of festivities. There were, you know, candlelight vigils, the gnashing of teeth, the rending of clothes, it, and people were standing there, and they were huddling around his grave in the back. And my first thought was, you don't bury people in the backyard. You bury hamsters in the backyard. You don't bury People. You don't bury a whole family in the backyard. You you bury the hamster that didn't quite make it, or maybe even the goldfish, but not people, not the king of rock and roll, for crying out loud. Jeez. Anyway, so uh, as, as if you haven't figured it out, we're headed down to Memphis next week for the uh, uh, Wildlife Commission meeting. So it'll be fun. The other thing we're going to be talking about is paddlecraft and, and what to do with paddlecraft. 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 Non-motorized boats, uh, regulating the commercial end of the paddlecraft. Okay. So that'll be something. That'll be the. That'll be that'll be an interesting thing. Uh, there'll be a lot going on there. There's going to be a lot of pushback, I think, on this one because these people have not been paying into the system, but they've been using the resources. In my, this is my opinion. I've already pissed off everybody who liked Elvis, so I might as well. Piss off a few of these paddlers too. They're using the resources. They're using Maybe some of the paddlers are like Elvis. Well, you know, let them let them paddle up and hit the Ohio, and then then go to Memphis in their little paddle craft for free by using our ramps and our waterways and our locks, which they don't have to pay for. They're not putting anything in, and that's the issue I have with it. If somebody said I have to register my kayak, I would say no problem, because when I go put my kayak in, normally it's at a boat ramp. I'm using the parking spaces. I'm using the ramp to get my kayak to where it needs to go. Or I'm using an improved ramp, usually made by the TWRA. Uh, there's a good ramp on North Chickamauga where they came in and they built a very, very nice wooden structure with slides and a place to where 
you can get down a very steep hill. They put in these runners to where you can put your kayak or canoe and slide it down very easily on these runners. It's great. Somebody paid for that. You know who paid for that? TWA. You know where that money came from? Not the people who aren't paying for it. So I have no problem with it. They do. Well. Not all of them. Not all of them. No, but I... I think, you know, if you're going to use the resource, you need to be paying for it. I agree. 100%. That's my two cents. And, you know, maybe it would. I, I see this as a possibility. We have a lot of people on paddle boards that fall off and aren't wearing a vest. Maybe if there was some registration and or more regulation, they're supposed to have a vest with them. But a lot of these companies who rent these things don't give any you know, here's well, your no, 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 no. That's one of the things they're going to have to do. Yeah. Assuming we pass the law. Yeah. They're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to give a safety discussion with every person they send out. I and I think that is a great thing. So if anything comes of that, but speaking about uh, regi- registration, y'all are expected to raise the boat registration for non paddlecraft for motorized craft and. Okay. There has been, I've seen a few comments on Facebook saying, oh, they're raising the prices. Yeah. It's going to be raised from $13 to $15. Two bucks. Now, I didn't do the math, and I'll let you do the math on behind it. One year divided by $2 (laughs) is going to be less than a penny a day. Okay. Quit belly aching, quit your bitching. It's two bucks, and there hadn't been an increase in a long, long time. So I have no problem with that either. A twenty foot boat is going up from twenty five to twenty nine. So yeah, you're going to pay paying a little bit more. As I, as I told you, um, complaining about two dollars on a twenty thousand dollar boat with probably another twenty thousand dollars worth of fishing equipment in it and probably another you know, I don't know how much or four four dollars for a twenty footer. How many what does a twenty footer go for? Exactly. I have no idea. I do. I've been looking at some. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess you do have a good idea. They're not cheap. Well I'm gonna complain about this four dollar increase by gosh, that's un American. <laughs> Shut up and pay the four dollars. Send your cards and comments to rob at TonySandersOutdoors.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any and all Elvis comments will be deleted. So anyway, yeah, we are expected to, we're, so we're going to have a busy a busy time in Memphis. Yes. No doubt. Yes. So between CWD, the paddlecraft, and the, the, the raise there, uh, so... <laughs> Although, this is really cool, uh, if you haven't updated, check your phones for an update because the TWA has updated the app, the -the on-the-go app, and it is now even better. Cool. So I actually got onto it the other day and noticed it had changed. Um, There's interactive, now a lot more interactive maps, so you can find wildlife management areas and duck blinds and all kinds of great stuff like that. And they really did a lot for the fishermen uh, by putting in fish attractors, interactive uh, maps for boat ramps, all kinds of great things. And they put even put in the stocking schedules. 
So you can check out stocking schedules by downloading the TWA On The Go app, which should be on every smartphone if you are an angler or a hunter or even an outdoors person. They did enhance, actually, the wildlife watcher's information. So if you're a wildlife watcher, you should get the app too because it helps you identify all the wildlife that you are seeing. Sweet. So I think that's a great thing. So well, well done, TWA. Sorry they're raising fees, but get over it. It's two two bucks. <laughs> uh, that is not me that's saying all this. Well, I just I mean, like I said, and like you know, like you pointed out, if you got a twenty thousand dollar boat, less than a penny a day, you know, you two can feed hungry fishermen or whatever the case. Is. <laughs> cool. Trying to see what else y'all got going. Um, Ducks Unlimited smartphone paddlecraft. Oh, Sandhill Crane Days. That's another big TWA event that's coming up. Uh, the Sandhill Crane Days are coming up very soon, and the uh, hunting season will cease for the duration of the Sandhill Crane Days. It is going to be January 19th and 20th. That's going to be Saturday and Sunday out at the Hiawassee Refuge at the Birchwood Community Center. This is the 28th edition of the festival, and there's a whole lot of great things to do out there. They're going to be talking about the Sandhill Cranes, their migration, as well as opportunities to focus on the rich wildlife heritage and Native American history. There's all kinds of stuff. Free bus service shuttle will be available from the Birchwood Community Center to the Hiawassee Refuge and the Cherokee Removal Memorial Park each day beginning at 8 a.m. No parking is available at the refuge, so you need to park at the Birchwood Community Center. All kinds of vendors, music. The Eagle Foundation is going to be out there and have their raptor show, which is really, really nifty. That's worth the price of admission. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be... What is the price of admission? Uh, Zero. Zero. So that's going to be the 19th to 20th. So you can go out there and see the Sandhill Cranes. If you didn't get drawn this year, you can go out there and see what you could have been shooting. Just All right, it's time for a break. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a break, and Rob may join us when we come back. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Tony Sanders Outdoors. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping crew, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer. 
472-5491 and check them out at 80sfertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this first hour on this Saturday in January. It's hard to believe. Youth hunts. If you're headed out as a Ute, love to hear from you. 423-267-1023. If you're wondering where the deer are, look for the big yellow sign with a picture of a deer. That's where the deer are crossing, and you can set up, you know, what is it, 50 feet off, 50 yards off the road and, and hunt. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of deer recently in the mornings, although I have seen some, um, quite a few coyotes out. This has been a weird year from a bird standpoint, though. I mean, the cranes haven't really been, I mean... They're not here in the massive numbers that they normally are. Right, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Double H has done well. They seem to be getting a limit, as you can attest. Mm Mm-hmm. The, um, but the... The ducks aren't here either. The ducks aren't here. Um, Got a guy heading out to uh, Arkansas duck hunting, and, you know, he's concerned that there's not any ducks there. I'm like, that may not be. No. They're they're just, I don't think there's been enough cold weather to send them south. I know we're getting this named winter storm now, but we just hadn't had a lot of cold weather. And I was speculating earlier with a colleague that said, um, you know, we need some cold weather. Let's talk to Mike. Mike, only got about a minute. Hey, Tony, Mike Stewart. How you doing? I'm good, Mike. Hey, uh, some new information. Don't know if you guys have heard about it or not, but uh, over in North Georgia, we've got a, a new strain of trout that's been stocked over in the Tacoa River. No, I had not heard got, that. Yeah, we've now got golden trout. They're actually raising them in the fish hatchery there at such as, and uh, I know that they're stocking the upper Tacoa with it. I don't know if they're doing the lower lower Tacoa as well, but the upper Tacoa and the delayed harvest is going to have golden trout this year. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Some good news. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. On the way to the woods. Well, Wish me good luck on the last two days of hunting. Good luck. I hope you get out there and, and, and get, that, get that deer. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bye-bye. man. Bye. Golden trout. Mm-hmm. I don't know what golden trout is. They're really cool. They're golden. Okay, thanks. What is it you always say to me? Thanks, yeah. Captain Obvious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are, are they... I'll pull up a picture here during the break. There, uh, There is a strain of, of western trout that are uh, endangered called golden trout. These are these are uh, different trout that we call in the east than these. I'll, I'll show you a picture. They're absolutely gorgeous. If you ever get the chance to catch one, you need to go. So everybody head to the Koa. Cool. You gonna go down and catch one? I'm I'm gonna have to get a Georgia license and go. You like the Tacoa anyway. I do. Uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. So you can catch a a brookie and a rainbow and now a golden and a brown and a brown, all within our hour of our place. Yep. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders outdoors. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. 
We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Thank you so much for being part of the show. All right. While we went to the break, you did some research on the golden rainbow trout. Uh, Mike Stewart just called in and said, hey, Georgia's stocking golden trout. Correct. I'm thinking immediately goldfish. <laughs> well, about the same color. Uh, yeah. They're close. Uh, basically, the golden rainbow trout or the palomino trout is a rainbow trout, which is Onocrychus micus. It is the same as a rainbow trout. However, these have been bred with a genetic mutation, and they have been raised in a hatchery system uh, through selective breeding, and they are originally found in West Virginia, and they have made it around the south, and they've started stocking them in the upper Tacoa, according to Mike. So if you see one, they're kind of a deep golden yellow uh Pretty much like a goldfish colored. The only problem they have with these particular trout, they say that because of their color, they don't adapt well to the dark stream bottoms, and they're eaten by a lot of eagles, herons, and other because they stand out like a sore thumb. That makes sense. So it's it's e- basically a rainbow trout that's so they're fe- they're feeding the birds too, the raptors. Yes. Cool. And the herons and the cormorants and the Trying to think what other bird. I don't think a kingfisher could pull one of those out. Might try, but you never know. But now, how deep? How deep does an like an an eagle doesn't dive? An eagle just sticks his feet in the water and then comes out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think osprey ospreys dive. Comets die, don't they? Oh yeah, comets swim underwater too. Yeah, they swim long ways underwater and chase things. Think of like a an eel with a big beak. That's what a comron is. <laughs> so birds can see them, and so they just come down and, and, and go down and... Munch on them. And the otters, too. There's a lot of otters now in North Georgia, too. So I'm sure the otters, will, th- those are real easy to spot. So 
but they are unique. They're a rainbow trout. They're basically a rainbow trout with a genetic uh, mutation of color. So, I think we need to go catch one. Okay, sounds good to me. I mean, you've already gone to Lake Junior, so why not? Go, <laughs> let's go to Tacoa. Hey, I'll fish the Tacoa. I know where there's a couple of uh, deep holes where there's a whole lot of perch and brim, and you can go catch those. I'll go catch me some brim. Speaking of which, I have been tying furiously the last week. Uh, I kept one of my New Year's resolutions and got all my room organized, and now I can get to my fly tying desk much easier. I have been tying a whole bunch of flies that I'm going to probably lose in trees or stuck on the bottom or on a log somewhere that's coming spring. So I've started restocking my fly box for spring brim season and been tying up some uh, tinkara flies as well. You sound serious about this. Oh, yeah. I've, I tied, God, like three or four dozen the other night. So Now, I have to admit, at Lake Junior, I got tickled uh, at Steve Fry, the president of TU, uh, talking about your 10-car rod and his 10-car rod. Yeah, his 10-car rod is a little bit longer than mine. Um, so Was it four ninety nine or five ninety nine at at Sportsman's? I think it was four ninety nine. And we're talking about a, a cane pole. Yeah. Which is truly what a tin car t- deal is. It's very, very similar, but... Oh, come on now. Uh, a cane pole doesn't have a lot of flex. I mean, there's some, don't get me wrong. But cane pole's more of a, you know, you hold on to it and and dapple and drop. You can actually cast a tin car rod because it's got fly line on it. It really does have fly line on it. You could put fly line on a cane pole. I don't know that it would cast, though. I think it's a little bit too stiff. Okay. I'm just, what we could, hey, if we want to spend four ninety nine, we can run down to Sportsman's right after the show, <laughs> and we we can prove this theory. <laughs> how long is the, how long is your fly line on your uh, Tinkara rod? About 13 feet. So you can cast 13 feet. Plus whatever tippet I put on there, I put on usually about three feet of tippet on the front of that, so... About 16, 18 feet, depending on how long of the tippet. Okay. That's kind of a weird cast, isn't it? it it's not bad. It's not bad. You get you, you got to watch what you're doing, but, um, but you can actually roll cast it. You can uh, make a ver- almost a vertical, what they call a steeple cast, which is almost straight up and down. You you can, a lot of times, not even cast behind you. So it... I've had a lot of fun with my Tinkara rod. I've taken it out on North Chickamauga Creek and caught some really good-sized brim on it uh, and a couple of small bass. Um, and I know a guy who does a lot of Tinkara fishing, and he had a 20-inch smallmouth come up and hit one of my flies uh, on his Tinkara rod, and it exploded. I mean, blew that rod all to Hades and back. And he was more upset that he lost my fly, and I said, I can replace a fly, but you just lost a whole rod. He goes, I don't care about the rod. I lost that fly. I, want you, I need some more of those. I'm like, okay, no problem. Well, is the Tenkara warranted? I believe it is. I believe his was, yeah. Maybe that's why he wasn't so upset. But yeah. anyway, Tenkara well, fishing is a lot of fun. Plus, you, you your rod blew up because a fish was on it. Yeah, that's a good story. I mean, I don't care who you are in anybody's book. If a fish blows up a rod, you know that's a good fish. And smallmouths have that real mean, bad attitude anyway. So when they hit something, you know it. And any true smallmouth fisherman will tell you they hit 
flies and baits and lures like nobody's business. You you don't even they don't rarely do you get a soft gentle bite to where you don't notice it. Normally when smallmouth hits something, it it's like somebody just hit the front of your rod with a hammer. Right. So, cool. All right, uh, who who do you have in here next week when I'm not here? I've got uh, Bill Stranahan coming in. He's from... Uh, Mr. Walleye guy, isn't it? Uh, no, Mr. Muskie guy. Muskie guy. Muskie guy. M- Mr. Muskie guy. He's also a guide on the Hiawassee uh, with uh, Southeastern Anglers. Uh, they do the Hiawassee. They do several other rivers, but uh, he and I are going to talk about the rivers they do. But one of the rivers that they're really doing a lot of uh, guiding on is the Cumberland up in Kentucky. And they have been catching a lot of really big fish up there. And uh, he and I are going to talk a little bit about the opportunities locally. Going to talk about some warm water opportunities, some musky opportunities here. He's really into musky fishing, so we're going to talk about that. The the fish of 10,000 cast. Uh, how, many, how many more thousand you got to go? Uh, probably about 9,000, maybe 9,500 ballpark. So before I hook one, I saw one. I had one follow my fly. And apparently that is, you put that in the wind column if you actually get one to follow. So, And then the following week we'll have uh, Ronnie Dodd of Dodd Training to be in the, in the studio. I've got lots of questions for him. Really? Mm-hmm. Gun questions? Gun questions. I, wanna, I could ask him fishing questions, but, you know, he's probably a little bit more uh, experienced than the gun area. Than, probably. Yeah. He's probably forgotten more about guns than you and I will ever know. So that's uh, that's what's coming up the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, also coming up, uh, while we're talking about coming up, I'm going to tell you what's on the calendar. We have coming up, uh, the Sandhill Crane Days are coming up on the 20th. Uh, so head on out to Birchwood. What? Sandhill Crane Days. Okay. Did I not say that right? You Did said the 20th. I think it's 19th. 19th and 20th. 20th. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me see here. Actually, Sandhill Crane hunting stops on the 18th, right? Correct. So 18th, 19th, and 20th. Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner and Expo is going to be out at Bayside Baptist on the 2nd of February. Sid Brim? Brim? I don't know. Brim? Sid Brim from the Atlanta Braves is going to be there. Doors open at 4. What? Is it Brim or Bream? Bream. Okay. It looks like Brim. Depends on what you fish for, I guess. Program starts at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. I'm sure it's not the first time Sid's been called Bream. Yeah. Or Brim. Brim. Bream. Whatever. <laughs> Somebody from the Atlanta Braves will be there. The doors open at 4. Program starts at 7. On the 9th of February. So, so if, You don't know who Sid Bream is? No. I will admit no. I don't. Fo- I follow one sport. Fishing. Okay, I follow two sports. Hockey and fishing. Hockey and fishing, and uh, you know that's not a hockey name. I mean, most of your hockey names, you know, you look at them and go, "I'd like to buy a vowel." You know, so. Uh, let's see. Wait, wait a minute now. Sid was the guy. And I guess it was the year they won the World Series. He was he was old and worn out, and had knee braces on and. Like scored a winning run by coming in. I can't remember. How, yeah, he might have gone all the way from first to home, uh, which nobody thought he could do. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty exciting deal. Okay, cool. 
And he's actually a big sportsman. Oh, okay, good. I'm assuming that's why they invited him out to yeah, Bay, not, Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner. Not just because of his bad knees and fishing name. And fishing name. Okay, cool. Uh, on the 9th of February, Silverdale Wild Baptist. Get Wild <laughs> Baptist. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble with the Baptist too. Sorry about that. Silverdale. Oh, they know you're even. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? Yeah, go out there with all the Wild Baptists out at Silverdale and enjoy the Wild Game Dinner out there. Uh, that's going to be at Silverdale Baptist on the 9th of February. I You'll do. be there. I'll be there, and I will. You'll be at the other one, too. And I will apologize when I get to Silverdale for calling them Wild Baptist. Uh, <laughs> Al, Al, sorry, don't yell at me, Al. Uh, our good friend Al Slater goes out there. Brett Henderson is going to be the speaker out there. Doors open, I believe, at 4 o'clock uh, on February 9th as well. You can come out to Lake Junior for the Trout Unlimited Out and About with Trout event. We're going to be out there probably starting about 8.30. We may have some drinks and some giveaways for the kids. We'll be talking about Trout Unlimited and what they do for conservation. On the 6th of April, mark your calendars for this one, everybody. 6th of April, the Ducks Unlimited Great Outdoors Festival for Kids is going to be out at Covey Creek Farm. If you have a kid, they want to get a whole bunch of kids out here. They had a lot of kids out there last year, and it was a great event. They had archery shooting for the kids, BB guns, shotgunning, fishing, turkey calls, all kinds of great things to get kids outdoors and get them interested. There was a lot these kids could do, and they had a great time. So that's going to be the 6th of April out at Chattanooga uh, with the Chattanooga Ducks Unlimited, and it's going to be out. You'll be at that too. I will be. I'm going to be at all of these. I don't know that you'll make it to the trout out and about, but you will probably be there. You might drop by. So we will be out at Bayside. That's coming up. And Silverdale. So. Cool. And once again, I do apologize to our Baptist friends out at Silverdale. The Wild Baptist. The Wild Baptist. Sorry about that. This is going to be like muzzleloader all over again. You know that, right? Probably. I can, so. I, now that the season's over, I can say muzzleloader. Without any trouble. Nope. Not a lick. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. It's friends and family. It's locally owned restaurants, shops, and businesses. It's neighborhoods and neighbors. It's a home that reflects who you are and peace of mind that you are where you belong. At Cambridge Square, we fully embrace these ideals and implement them into everything that we design and build. Cambridge Square, Oodlewa's premier residential and commercial neighborhood, offers a living experience that embraces the most important and valuable elements of community. To learn how you can be a part of this dynamic neighborhood, Google Cambridge Square Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. 
Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We're going to get into some of the fun stuff we haven't gotten into yet. Got some wild outdoors. Some idiots outdoors. Some poaching pinheads. I don't know what all you got. Just, I've got some. I'm just rolling through the headlines. All right. We've got some wild outdoors. Now, this one was pretty funny. Yes. Um, you know, we're used to seeing deer. You know, you're driving down the road, you see a deer. Well, depending on where you live, you may have some different flora and fauna. Well, in Anchorage, Alaska, a moose wandered into a hospital. A moose, a full-grown, big big old moose. Basically, the doors to the hospital, you know, when you walk up, they've got the sensor and they open up. Well, they stuck open because it's very cold in Anchorage, Alaska. So the doors are open. And there's a lot of nice green plants in the waiting room and stuff like that. Well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't the moose open the door anyway? Uh, if mean, they walked up into the beam, they they're bigger than a person. True. The the door to probably said, oh, my God, I need a bigger door. Mm, could it be. Anyway, go ahead. Well, the doors were stuck open because of the cold weather, and there's a whole bunch of green plants in the waiting room. And it's nice and warm. And Moose is hungry. And Moose is hungry. Moose walks in. Moose starts eating plants. This was <laughs> a little alarming to the hospital staff and the patients, uh, but he decided to wander on out. Uh, he exited the way he came in, and there was very little damage except for some of the greenery was uh, eaten. So they may have to replace a few plants in the waiting room of the uh, Anchorage, Alaska Hospital there at the Alaska Regional Hospital in Anchorage. Did you ever see any moose when you were up there? I did. Um, they're big. Yeah, they're not small animals. They're huge. Um, and and. And what most people don't realize, they're surly creatures, too. They don't like people. They're dangerous. They can be, I'm sure. No, they are. I mean, they, they're they so big that they it, when they kick at you, they'll kill you. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I mean, they're, and they're, they're, and they're, it's, it's not, what was the, what was the TV show where the moose walked down through the middle of the street? Northern uh, exposure. Yeah. It's not northern exposure. They're really a little more surly than that. Okay. Um, here, two, two stories. Uh, I never realized how big a moose was, but they had a stuffed moose in the Anchorage airport. So when you get off your airplane and you go in, and you, then you see how big they are. They're huge. That was a male. Um, now, the the funny story is... Uh, you know, here we have impacts with cars and deer. Which is bad. Impact with car and uh, moose is much worse. Yes. So we were, um, they, 
when I was up there, and, and for those of you, I, I probably will talk about this sometime because uh, it was really pretty cool. But I was up in Alaska for three months during the 1989, during the Exxon Valdez oil spill. And they gave all of us uh, young, fresh out of school um, accountants Subarus to drive, Subaru Outbacks. That's what, that's what, I mean, they literally shipped a bunch of Outbacks because there were so many people going to the Valdez area. They, they shipped in Subarus uh, to, I, I can't remember, I guess it was Enterprise or in a car, whoever it was. They shipped all these Subarus in so we would have cars. So we all had Subarus. And somebody was leaving uh, right before I did. And between, it's it's about an eight and a half hour drive between Anchorage and Valdez along a two lane road. There's only like four roads in Alaska. Uh, so you're on one of the roads. It's a two lane road and it pretty much follows, um, well, actually the, the pipeline, the oil pipeline actually follows the road. So all the way to Valdez, you're what you're, you're following the oil pipeline. And uh, which is is pretty cool and huge, too. So somebody was leaving this eight-and-a-half-hour drive, and they're driving back to Anchorage, and they hit a moose in this Subaru. And they basically went between the legs, between the front legs and the back legs. So they broadsided this thing. But they, they ducked, and it basically took the top of the Subaru off right at the hood level everything everything above the hood was gone kind of like somebody took a can opener to it exactly it okay. was the funniest thing uh once you saw the picture and you realized that everybody lived uh even the moose walked off now whether he died or not who knows but uh but i mean literally it just it took everything off the top of that and uh and i don't know how fast he would never say how fast he was going to hit it but uh I can all I can say is on that two lane road between Anchorage and Valdez, I was not uncommon to see speeds seventy five, eighty miles an hour. Moose uh, probably wandered off into the woods and was like, oh, something hit me. What was it? Eh, Subaru. Not yeah. a big deal. It was a trout wagon. Oh god, it was so funny. Uh I I I did think it was quite funny. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my moose stories. Mm. Well, we've got some other uh Servid news. There we go. Servid. All right. What else? Uh, in Southampton, New Hampshire, 12 deer have been found dead because they were fed by residents. Oh, wow. I didn't, you know, I saw the headlines and I, I started reading it and then I got distracted and uh, I never went back to finish. I never, I never saw that's why they were died. A dozen deer are dead in, in Southampton and were likely victims of well-intentioned humans. They thought they were feeding, the, well, they were feeding the deer, and the deer are having trouble finding natural food this time of year. And they basically said that a sudden change in the food they're eating can cause bacteria to grow and bad bacteria and toxins, which poisons the body. And they found a whole bunch of dead deer, basically corn, hay, and deer pellets. Uh, they said the well-intentioned humans were trying, but this is not, what you need to do. You know, there's a big argument, and, and we've been getting into it now with CWD stuff, about feeding wildlife or not feeding wildlife. Um, most biologists will say feeding wildlife is bad, period. 
for a lot of reasons, not even talking about the disease issues and things like that. Right. And I've always heard fed animals are dead animals, wild animals, not not your dogs and cats. But if, you know, a fed bear is a dead bear because then the bear associates people with food and bad things happen. Deer associate, can associate people with food, too. And here in Southampton, New Hampshire, bad things happen. So don't feed wildlife. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good, I think that's a good, um, a good plan is to not feed them. And, and I honestly struggle with bird feeders. Okay. Well, they attract other animals like raccoons, possums, squirrels, and unattended animals as well, which then attract coyotes and other things. So it just kind of goes up the food chain if you think about it. Right. And any seed that doesn't get eaten and falls on the ground, you may be introducing non-native plants to a certain area that could take over. Like, uh, I don't I don't think they put kudzu in, in uh, uh, bird seed. but feeding kudzu to my birds. No, I'm just saying. Feeding, I, I'm feeding sunflowers. Oh. And if it hits the ground, they get it. Oh, okay. Something gets it. Because I have not had a sprout of sunflowers around my bird feeder okay however i still struggle with it uh because it it does teach them to be dependent mm-hmm. and then um i gotta keep feeding them because <laughs> yep. they stand out there and look at me like why aren't you feeding us hey dude in the house i'm yeah. hungry over come on here. dude so you know i actually I, I do i do understand and i don't i'm just i'm Somewhat jesting about the birds, somewhat. Uh, but I do understand um, with the deer and the other animals, the drawn into to question whether you should do it or not. Right. So. No. All right, let's go pay a bill, and when we come back, we're going to do the poaching pinheads. This is really a pretty good one. Yes, uh, very good one. You need to stay tuned for this one. <laughs> this is this one could have been idiots outside, but I like poaching pinheads. This is fun. All right, Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means, grilling and barbecue. You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Hickson Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roasts, or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook. Welcome back, and what the heck is this? This is Memphis Thang by Rob Junkless. Uh-huh. All right, whatever you say. 
In honor of me going to Memphis. In honor of you going to Memphis. Yeah, you need to go buy Stax Records, too, over there. Who? Stax. All right. Oh, the National Civil Rights Museum at the Lorraine Mattel's over there, too. Forgot about that. That's really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bet it is. It is. It's really cool. We'll have to do that. And you can, you can get I'm to I'm only going to be there for a few days now. We're starting to overload my schedule. Hey, I've got you covered for food. I can get you. I got you covered. You'll be all right. All right. Good deal. Uh, we got some poaching pinheads. Poaching out. pinheads. If you uh, haven't listened to us in a while, about the month ago, we started a new section. We have idiots outside. We have wild outdoors. Now we have poaching pinheads. Right. Because we were getting a tremendous amount of poaching uh, stories. And this is this one is, is actually pretty funny. Yes. Uh, an Oklahoma woman was slapped with a hefty fine after showing off an illegal deer kill on a dating app to a potential suitor who happened to be a state game warden. I like that, though. Hey, kind, kind, hey, this is kind of deer I have at, at my place. Why don't you come over here? I like this. I like this approach. You know, we need, we need to start an app. You know, anglers finding anglers or hunters finding hunters. There we go. You know, they got farmers finding farmers or whatever that one is on TV, but... We need to do one for outdoor outdoor have, women they, and men. They have our time for old people like you. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the woman's name, which is being withheld, unwittingly, unwittingly told Cannon Harris, a 24-year-old McIntosh County warden on the dating app, Bumble, that she had killed a big old buck. Big old buck. Big I old killed buck. a big old buck. Uh, the game warden thought, you know, Somebody's messing with me. This, it, you know, it seems too good to be true. Uh, he decided to write her back and said, Hell yeah, get him with a bow. A bow would have been legal method killing of deer during that time period. She said, We don't need to talk about that. So she was smart enough to realize that she. Okay. Okay. So uh, he kind of kept going and said, Hey, talked a little bit about spotlighting. You ever done that? You know. Oh, well, here and there. And then she finally came out and admitting, admitted to spotlighting the deer, sent him a picture of the deer, and told him where she shot the deer with a gun, not a bow. Now, this was the woman's very first deer <laughs> ever. The woman and a companion pleaded out immediately. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why immediately, because you've done all the documentation for the DNR there. They've got photographic proof and a confession. I wonder why they pleaded out immediately. Never rule out stupidity. Uh, they immediately pled out charges of improper uh, improper possession of illegally taken game, uh, taking game out of season, and paid a $2,400 fine, the <laughs> Tulsa World reported. The woman avoided charges of wanton waste and spotlighting. Those were also, she avoided those charges. Why would it have been wanton waste, didn't they? Oh. That's right. All they did was pull out the back straps and the head. Yeah. That's right. So. That's kind of funny. I think it's hilarious. Hey, why don't I put this out? Why don't I put my legal activity out for all to see on a dating app? Hey, you look cute. I'll swipe left for Mr. Ranger. <laughs> you know, it is, it's kind of interesting that uh, how we live our life out on on. How much we share? We obviously got the 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 woman who's now probably not going to want a deer hunt anymore. 
maybe not even like Bumble anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking her profile came down. But, comma, you know the the real the real thing is 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 we we put so much out there on Facebook. It's kind of uh, it's interesting to me. Uh, perfect example. I'm a member of several gun groups on Facebook. Not surprising, but okay. Okay. And and it's it's inevitable somebody will put out there, "Hey, show us what you carry or show us what you have at home." Or and and that's okay. That's fine. But what amazes me is how many people do that. Uh the you, you see pictures and pictures and pictures of people's guns laid out on the bed, laid out whatever. And I'm just like, really? Some random person in the world of the book of face says, hey, put a picture of your gun out here for me. And we do it. And then they post that, hey, we're going on vacation this week. Yeah, it's like, really? Um, I just, I'm not there. I don't do that. You know, to tie into this, when you started this radio show, you said you wanted to be like a kind of a campfire right. discussion thing, right. and you were surprised at how mu- how little information is being given out. Right. Um, a lot of the anglers I see still on Facebook, they will put, yeah, I caught this on Lake Chickamauga. And I've seen guys black out the background so you don't know exactly where the spot is. Mm-hmm. So I think there is some... Some of the, some of that going on, but I think you're right that that people put way too much out there. And, and don't get me wrong, I uh, I have a lot of stuff out there, but it's it's usually pretty controlled and it doesn't really say much. Yeah, uh, maybe a thought for the day or something. It, yeah. it, it just you know pictures of me and my grandson or my dog, and it's it's not like I I, I don't live my life on Facebook, but it is I I've gotten to the point where I kind of envy some of the people that. You know, have just completely backed off and don't do it at all. Yeah, my wife looked at my feed the other night. She kind of was looking at my feed. She goes, "Your whole Facebook page is just fishing porn." And I said, "Yeah, yeah pretty much, because it's, it's everybody gripping and grinning a fish somewhere." Yeah. You know, so. So anyway, uh, I do get kind of tickled of how much we we share and um, and there's been we've documented several stories here on the show of people that have helped. Game wardens prove their point by posting on Facebook. Yeah, I know there's been about five or six. I'll have to go back and look. At, at, but in the last, there's usually at least one a year that does something stupid. I mean, like that. Like, you know, hey, shot this deer illegally. You know, hey, look at me. Idiot. Well, it's just like the guy that we just saw uh, that posted in a, a deer hunting section. He killed his 33rd and 34th deer for the year. And these deer were small enough that he could pick them both up and hold them with one hand each. Now, he was not a little guy either, but still. still. So the first thing that I'm thinking of is why do you open yourself up to the criticism you're about to get? And then you start reading the comments, and, buddy, they were unloading on him. Oh, good. Oh, he doesn't need a big freezer if they're all that size. (laughs) Were they still... You know, did they have milk in their mouth when you shot them? I mean, and that's what the comments were. And but he he opened himself up to it. Mm-hmm. He did. I agree. So, 
All right, and finally, before the break, idiots outside. Yes, uh, this one is wrong on many, many levels. Get this, an Iowa felon who authorities believe was intoxicated fired a thirty thirty rifle at a deer but accidentally hit a 73-year-old woman in her home. The woman was reportedly cleaning her stove. Wait, 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 wait. Iowa felon. Right. Drinking. Correct. Or intoxicated with something. Correct. Shot at a deer. Correct. But hit a woman in her home. Right. So she was. he was shooting at a house. At night. At night. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> now that yep. we've established what's wrong. Wow. Um, the woman was cleaning her stove when she heard a loud noise. She felt the back of her head and discovered she was bleeding. She drove herself to the hospital where doctors dislodged, dislodged a bullet <laughs> from the back of her head. She was later discharged from the hospital. Subs- the suspect, later identified as 34-year-old Lee Joseph Rawls, was arrested at a camper for allegedly shooting a deer around 7 p.m. The arrest was about 45 minutes before authorities learned of the woman's injuries. Investigators soon connected Rawls to the offense, estimating that the bullet traveled more than 120 yards before entering the woman's house. Authorities reportedly said that Rawls was likely drunk when he shot the rifle. He's being charged as a felon in possession of a firearm, reckless use of a firearm, and conservation officers are also charging him with several hunting violations. That is definition of idiot outdoors that may follow that may qualify as the best one yet idiots outdoors felon gun drunk house night the only the spotlight would have been the only thing he didn't have i mean i'm trying to or if he was shooting from spotlight from the road while driving where is it still daylight enough to shoot at 7 p.m it's during deer season (sighs) so you probably got that issue yeah out of season too could be. Wow. All right, give us the uh, calendar events before we go to the break. Uh, Sandhill Crane season closes the 17th and reopens on the 21st. That's going to be for the Sandhill Crane Days, which are going on the 19th and 20th. Your season's already over, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Just uh, that's going to be going on for the Sandhill Crane Festival out in Birchwood, Tennessee. Also coming up on the 2nd, Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner and Expo out at Bayside Baptist. Sid Bream from the Atlanta Braves. Doors open at 4.30, and the program starts at 7. On the 9th of February, Silverdale Baptist Wild Game Dinner out at Silverdale Baptist. The speaker is going to be Brett Henderson. On the 9th as well, February 9th, the Trout Unlimited Out and About for Trout event. It's going to be out at Lake Junior. Come by and see us. We'll be under the big tents. Lots of fun and probably some food and prizes for the kids. And then on April 6th, if you're a parent or grandparent, you need to write this down. April 6th, the Chattanooga Ducks Unlimited Great Outdoors Festival is going to be out at Covey Creek Farms for the kids. It's going to be a great time for all the kids out there. There you go. That's what's happening in this coming week. Now, as we go to break here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is uh, – I, I posted this on Facebook, and uh, really I thought it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, ironic funny. So here we go. To stop drunk drivers from killing sober drivers, just prevent sober drivers from driving. That is exactly what they're trying to do with gun control. It makes perfect sense. All right. We're going to go pay a bill, and when we come back, we'll finish up the show. Tony Sanders Outdoors. 
Like a good neighbor is not just a saying, it exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent, he's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Wrapping it up on Tony Center's Outdoors. I saw Pigman this morning. That was a little bit over the edge. I want to do a hog hunt. I do. That's my next. I want to do out of the helicopter with the. Fully automatic shotguns. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like. Fun. Hey, that's in Texas. I can set that up. All right, man. Let's let's go to Corky. Hey, Corky. Hey guys, how y'all doing today? We're having a ball. <laughs> All right. Hey, I've got a quick question. You know, I like to hunt and fish a lot, and I'm around a lot of folks, and a lot of uh, hard as this is to believe, hunters and fishermen lie a lot about how big they catch, you know, how long, how short, you know. Well, it seems to me that if, uh, you know, the story you just gave about telling the wildlife officers like they automatically believe that is the truth from the gospel, you know, for the gospel, it just amazes me because you hear people, you know, lying under oath all the time while they're in court, like, yeah. We have now um, going on. Um, so I guess my question is, do they just automatically assume everything you say is the truth on Facebook and Are you, you all t- those? you talking about the dating app or all that other stuff, or just the Facebook stuff? Uh, not, necess- not necessarily the dating app, but, well, I guess that was the when the guy and the girl were talking about it, and he said, oh, I shined and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they're just like, okay, slam, bam, you're guilty. Well, uh, no, 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 no. We we left out the investigation part. They actually did an investigation, but when, oh, okay. when you make when you when you give them all the uh, all the bricks in the path, it's really not hard to do. There wasn't much of an investigation because she provided all the information, dates, times, location, and the actions that were occurred. <laughs> you know it, and they they checked it out, and the story checked out. 
yeah, she's going to pay a fine. So, but now I will say, Corky, a lot of people, um, a lot of people give out a lot of information on uh, social media that just really is they probably shouldn't. Yeah, that fish exactly. you caught the other day was not seven pounds. Yeah, the, my fish was not seven pounds, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and you actually fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> I may have exaggerated. I never thought, hey, wait a minute, boys. I never thought that would come from on Tony yeah, Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> it would. It would. All right, man. I got to go. All right. See, see y'all. Bye. Yeah, you need to uh, be cautious of what's on Facebook. Yeah, that and Photoshop. I can Photoshop myself with a world record here if I needed to. In fact, that may be a project this weekend. All right. I'm done. I'm out of here. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.